Welcome to the Creatio No Code Playbook Podcast, where we discuss insights, tips, tricks, and success stories on how to leverage the no code approach to transform business and deliver applications of any complexity. I'm your host, Jason Miller, Head of Revenue Operations and No Code Evangelist here at Creatio. Today, I'm joined by one of our wonderful partners and Andrea Chiarantin from Key Reply. He is Head of Communities of Practice and the Digital Future of Application Development and Coding at Reply. Welcome, Andrea. Welcome, Jason, and welcome to everyone. I'm really happy to be here. We are super excited that you're able to join us. I know this is a long time coming for us. And, and you know, my, my personal history in working with Reply and having the, 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 the head of the community of practice for Reply for No Code and Low Code Ops is absolute thrill to have you here. So thank you for joining us today. Want to have a little bit of an open discussion if we can today and, and talk a little bit about how you see the future of no code playing out. And, and let's start with just no code and low code when it comes to application development. How are you seeing with all of the customers that Reply works with, how are you seeing this evolve as part of the everyday application delivery? Basically, it's evolving a little bit different if you look at no code and low code. Uh, with a low code application development approach, we, we see an adoption, uh, let me say mainly for IT user that need to provide services to business, and it's a way to reduce time to market and costs in delivering web or mobile digital projects. And also, it's a way to upskill or reskill internal profile at customer side, let me say, to use the technology to let the customer be able to work autonomously on some projects. On the other hand, if you look at no-code, um, in that case, we see an adoption. I don't want to say mainly, mainly for business. It's always managed centrally by the IT department, the adoption of the platform. But the no-code no platform let the business user uh, play autonomously and create autonomously application. So we are seeing this trend that, uh, let me say, we can label it the consumerization of application, mainly for uh, office automation, uh, personal productivity or office uh, productivity. Yeah, I think that's pretty insightful. And, and I think we agree in a lot of aspects on that. So I know you you work with a lot of different technologies um, within the community of practice there at Reply. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Reply is one of Creatio partners, and it's a very large global system integrator headquartered out of Italy. And, and Andrea, you're joining us today from uh, Milano. So thank you. I think what's interesting and what we're seeing kind of globally, and I think Reply is too, is the fact that not only has no-code and low-code applications started to take a bigger, I'll call it wallet share of overall application development, by bringing in no-code tools, you're starting to expand that developer profile, right? So you mentioned reskilling and upskilling, you know, technical developers on the IT side, but you're also able to include more of those knowledge workers or citizen developers, we call them no-code creators, into that development lifecycle. How do you think that has impacted the overall life cycle of application development when it comes to things like time to market, productivity, user adoption. What are you seeing? I'm seeing that you can reduce time to market, but you have to adopt the platform using, uh, let me say, a structured approach. So it's not, let me say, that you turn the key and everyone in the company 
are able to use the platform, but you have to create a path to adopt the technology in the best way as possible for the specific customer. So our job is to, let me say, start with a high-level adoption framework and to personalize it for the specific customer, for the specific scenario. This is essential for us. And if I have to look another, let's say, big change is that we change a little bit the responsibility inside the company. So um, before no code in particular, the responsibility uh, to deliver an app in the best way as possible uh, was uh, only uh, for the IT department. In that case, with no code, the responsibility is shared or only for the business. It depends on the on the specific application. But it's another huge change, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and we talk about that a little bit in the no-code playbook that was written by Catherine and, and Burley. This idea of changing framework and changing methodology, I think, goes along the lines of changing in the, the technology behind it. Just like we went from monolithic architecture and waterfall delivery to cloud and, and commercial off-the-shelf products and going to more of an agile scrum framework, no-code and no-code technologies have really changed the way that organizations have to think about delivering as well. Now, I think that this is also interesting because it, it, it takes, you know, partners like, like Reply and it's changing even the way that you guys are engaging, right? Because you're really focused on driving user adoption, like you mentioned, and you're driving that interaction. I mean, before it used to be that integrators and, and partners were only dealing with IT folks for the most part, maybe taking some requirements. But now you're, you're working across the organization and developing even tighter relationships with your customers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. This happens also with no-code, not only no-code, let me say, but it's a little different. With no-code, the, the business is autonomous to create something that we can support uh, him. With no-code, what we usually do is, uh, let me say, a paid programming session. So uh, the low-code developer sit near the business user and they work together to create something. And it's easy for the business to understand what is happening because since it's visual, he can uh, see directly the front-end that will be created, the logic that will be uh, drawn, uh, etc. So it changes also the uh, communication and collaboration aspects. I think that's one of the biggest things that we see um, as well is that communications are different than what they used to be when we were in that traditional or even agile scrum methodology. I think because we have the ability to develop even faster and deliver more quickly, um, communication styles change as well. Now, when we think about delivering with no code, um, one of the things that we preach a lot is the development of a COE. Right. And it's it's establishment of that center of excellence, just like Reply has the community of practice or the COE for for no code, low code. When we look at customers that have successfully adopted the COE and, and have started to embrace the the evangelization of no code technology, they seem to have better adoption rates, better um, use of internal resources, more productive what, what are the trends that you're seeing as well when customers think about moving to this COE approach for technology delivery? The trend is different, uh, let's say, by country. So, uh, for example, no, 
I'm speaking uh, in Italy, that is, let me say, the market that I know the, the most. And we are a little bit delayed with respect to other countries. But for sure, uh, as you said, we are global. So I talk also with colleagues in US, in UK, etc. And what I see is that uh, we are creating uh, these COE for some customers in particular uh, in financial services uh, and also in, in the building sector like we did, for example, you know, with you in the uh, US. And as you say, it's, it's crucial, but it's also crucial b- building the COE, but uh, and also be able to create uh, uh, some strategies, some activity that can uh, um, evangelize the no-code approach inside the company and uh, stimulate people to know more, to train themselves on the technology and to start creating. For example, uh, uh, we did here uh, in Italy a couple of hackathon with uh, a big insurance company and also a big uh, energy utilities company, very, very big. Um, we create uh, a lot of uh, small teams composed by clients and us, so mixed team. And we worked for a couple of days to create uh, some innovative ideas. And it was really interesting to see uh, so how the, the, the mood of the people that were really, really engaged and interested in doing this kind of activity. I think that's an amazing thought around how to drive advancements using no code, right? So you're right. A, a COE really focuses on not only delivering, but they're also the evangelists that help people understand the technology options and how they can solve business problems. Things like innovation days, which you were just describing, and I know that energy utility company very well. Um, it, it Sometimes these industries are very laggard, right? They're, they're very focused on, you know, in, in the energy utility space, they're focused on, you know, generation and, and, and distribution, right? That's what they're focused on. And they don't typically think about some of the other um, front office, back office, mid office things, because they're so focused on, on either the generation or and distribution side that they don't think about how some of these other systems or some of their other processes can benefit from the power of no-code technology. So I think innovation days are a great way to go. So let's, let's shift topics just for a minute. Right. So we've talked a little bit about how no code and low code are changing the ways we think about application development. We talked about changing the ways we deliver from, you know, the COE adoption standpoint. Let's talk about just the, the overall framework and, and how, how no code and low code are absolutely changing the way that people think about architecture and think about delivery. So what are you seeing from a trend standpoint or from a, from a ecosphere standpoint? How are companies looking at, at migration and digital transformation, and specifically architecture, when it comes to now including low-code and no-code applications in their ecosphere? What we are seeing is that uh, mainly are we three main cases for uh, an adoption of uh, low-code and no-code. No? Um, the first one is the uh, application or the platforming. So you have some legacy systems you need to modernize them, you need to move them to the cloud. And so um, it could be easier to adopt a local code platform that is uh, cloud native and to develop the new application directly on that uh, on that technology. 
The second is the uh, fast development. So you have to meet uh, a very tight constraint of time and money to build something new. And you choose to do this new application directly in low code and directly on uh, the cloud. Most of the companies are uh, yet working on, on cloud systems. What we are seeing is that also, I don't want to say a lot of companies, but there are some companies with more than one platform. So from an architecture point of view, they build, sometimes with us also, a decision tree you know, to understand what is the best low-code low code platform for the specific use case. No? So this is a, a change in the, in the architectural decision process. Yeah, and, and I 100% agree with you. It's it's funny, in one of our previous episodes, we talked with um, uh, a, a gentleman that, uh, named Philip, who, who is a very big author around technology. And and when we, when we talked to him, he mentioned the same thing, which is, you know, there's so many different no-code, low-code tools out there. Sometimes it's it's hard to pick just one. And, and, and I'll be the first to admit, there are things like with Bubble, right, that they do very well with creation of forms, right? But you can then very easily integrate those into platforms like Creatio that can manage as a central hub for a lot of things. So I, I agree. I think that, you know, there is there's a lot of enterprise-grade tools out there that solve a lot of problems, Creatio being, you know, a big one of those. But there's also these smaller tools that can easily take on little pieces and then you integrate those back into the larger ecospheres from an architecture standpoint. So, you know, if you think about um, architecture as a hub, right? So you've always got, you've always got various silos, but then you always try to somehow bring information back into a hub and Creatio is a great spot for that. And then you link information, whether it's front end, mid office, back end, um, to be able to solve a lot of those. And I think replatforming is a, is a great example of those um, types of initiatives that we see a lot of customers going through. Um, we've got just about four minutes or so left here, and and I wanna I wanna focus kind of on the last topic, which is uh, looking at the future, right? So being a little bit of a futurist, you you work with technology as a whole, and you've been in technology for for several decades now. How is how is this next generation and transformation of no code going to look? in five years, in 10 years? Is this something that's here to stay? Is it something that, that, that customers really need to start investing in now or should they wait? In my opinion, they have to start investing on that kind of technology. As we usually say that you have to start small, no? not to buy the platform, to replatform everything. Step by step, you need to start investing now because you need time to understand the best approach for you, the best use cases for you, etc., etc. And you have to start now because, uh, but for sure, the technology will evolve really, really fast. In my opinion, that the trend that I, I can see is that a merge between uh, no-code or code and artificial intelligence, in particular, not the generative one. So we will see a platform that will integrate uh, ChatGPT-like interface to help the user build the uh, build a solution. To simplify the, the process, uh, not to to lower the barrier, also for the the business user. No, so I don't want to say that uh, in five years uh, we will have a platform that you have to simply describe what you want and the platform itself create it. Uh, but uh, maybe we we are not so, we will not be so far in five years from that. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it, you even mentioned AI and and ChatGPT. And if for those folks who were able to join us at the large No Code Days event in Fort Lauderdale that just wrapped up recently, we announced as part of our 8.1 release AI um, AI assisted application generation. Right, giving it a framework of give me a medical billing app that talks about one, two, and three, and our interface with with uh, OpenAI allows you to automatically create an app and gives you the framework. So as you mentioned, Andrea, pulling down those barriers and having AI help assist you in application generation. It's not only going to make things faster, it's going to it's going to develop a more common framework and it's going to start thinking about things that maybe you never even thought about because that's the power of, of OpenAI and ChatGPT. I think the other thing that we're, we're mentioning since we're on the AI topic we're also looking at how to use AI and ChatGPT in customer interactions and customer engagements, right? How to how to better influence sales as part of sales coaching or sales enablement. How are you seeing AI play out um, in this in this low code no code space? In that case, uh, was talking about integrate AI into an application, not to offer new functionality to your customers. What we I think that what we will happen, what will happen is that uh, all the platform will offer more and more, uh, let me say, building blocks and accelerators to use uh, external API, open AI, et cetera, et cetera, to leverage the power of AI inside the application, to simplify customer interaction, to make uh, some prediction. Yeah, and and have you have you had some experience, you know, fairly recently, and how you guys are using um, OpenAI to be able to solve a lot of these challenges? Ma, we are working on some research project with customers, in particular in the uh, financial sector. For example, we we created this application using a no-code platform uh, that use GPT API. We build it. It's it's a demo, but we build it in five days. Uh, it's able to process uh, documents, uh, legal documents about uh, a person to calculate uh, the the rating of the person. When you have to start uh, to funding uh, a person, you have to uh, calculate the risk no? about this your uh, money investment. So we we create it. Uh, we we use uh, data and documents and so as an input we process it we process it with gpt api and we calculate the rating and everything is managed and orchestrated by a no code platform i think that's amazing being able to leverage the power of ai through chat gpt or open ai build applications in 5 days integrate it to that and be able to show tangible output i, I think that's just amazing i think that that showcases the power of both no code applications as well as the power of AI. Well, yeah. Andrea, unfortunately, we are out of time, my friend. I appreciate very much your engagement today. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of hype around no code development and the benefits are real. And you just talked about several of those. Thank you, Andrea, for joining us today and, and talking about this framework and methodologies that you're seeing um, at Reply as well as other companies around the world. For those of you who are watching us today, I hope you've liked this video and this podcast. So please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. For those of you who are listening to us, I hope you had a great time. Check out previous episodes on the various platforms of the No Code Playbook podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and many more. 
To get more information about our products and services and our partnership with Reply, please check out our website at www.creatio.com. You can find out more information about Reply at www.reply.com. And for more insights, check out our No Code Events page. We look forward to seeing you at our events around the world. Until then, we'll see you next time.